Oh, so good. So good. <laughs> well, happy Mother's Day again. It is, it is so good uh, to be together. I love that these days uh, end up, these celebrations and culture end up on Sundays when we gather together, because I think it gives us a room and space for us to reclaim them too as the Jesus community. And I'll just say too, I'll just say this, that having our kids in with us from time to time throughout the year is actually strategic. We really believe as a family and as a leadership that it, one of the things that's really important for us is not to silo everybody into their own experiences all the time, but that as a family, we want to practice the way of Jesus together. And I think there's something important about doing these moments throughout the year. And plus, I'm just going to keep the candy up here just to keep it in front of you. Some of the parents, I may just pocket one of these and leave right after the gathering. It's all good. Um, just really, yeah, just so thrilled to be together. And if we haven't met, my name is Drew. would love to meet you after the gathering if we haven't met. Um, right now, we're actually in a teaching series walking through the letter of Ephesians. This guy named the Apostle Paul writes this New Testament letter to a church in Ephesus. And we've just been climbing and crawling our way through it for a couple weeks now. Really, what we've been doing is tilling the ground getting the ground ready to really dive in in deeper ways. And we're actually going to continue that. So if you have a Bible and you want to turn there, you probably want to turn your Bible on. I think this is the new saying. Is it the new saying? Turn your Bible on uh, to Ephesians chapter 1. And as I've already said this morning, we have some phenomenal women, a part of our church, that lead in so many different capacities and areas. And I'm going to have a friend, actually, I feel like more like a sister of mine. Mary's going to come. She's going to read the text for us this morning. Mary's going to read this for us and read it over us. And uh, I just believe God's going to speak to us. So let's listen in and lean into God's word this morning. Amazing. So what Mary just read here, in the original language that it was written in, is one sentence. One Sentence. Now, we have it in English Bibles, and they've marked it into all sorts of different sentences for us. But if you remember last week, Paul opens up in Ephesians chapter 1, and he gives praise to God, and he goes on and on and on with this run-on sentence, 202 words. And now the first chapter of the letter actually transitioned to one more sentence in Greek, 169 words. And what Paul is doing here is he's really giving intercession and prayer for the church that would receive this letter. One of the things Paul is doing is he is praying and he is interceding for this community, believing that they will step into the fullness of all that God has for them. One sentence, 169 words. I think some of us would probably get in trouble if we did that in an essay. Anybody with me? Paul, though, he gets, he gets away with it. Now, here's what I want to do really quickly. I want to drill down on two verses in this long passage here. And it's verses 17 and 18. Paul says this, I pray that the King, the God of King Jesus our Lord, the Father of glory, would give you in your spirit the gift of being wise, of seeing things people can't normally see. Paul's hope and Paul's prayer for this community is that this community, their eyes would be opened, that wisdom would come over their lives so that they would be able to see things that other people can't see. Paul's ultimate prayer is that you and I, even a couple thousand years later, would receive the gift of wisdom. Can we say that word wisdom? Wisdom. God wants us 
and Paul is very clear through this, through the work of Jesus, wants us to move from emotions and an emotional response to understanding in our mind and in our heart. And remember, in the Bible, the mind and the heart were never separated. It was all encompassed together. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to show you a quick video just to illustrate what I think Paul is saying because it is so easy to have eyes and not see things. It is so easy to walk life and not be aware. So in a second, we're going to play a video, and in it is two teens. Hold, hold on one second, yeah? We're ready. We're good. Um, we're going to do an awareness test, okay? Even the kids, you can look up from your Play-Doh and your coloring sheets. There are two teams here. I want, and the, the person in the video will ask you to, to see how many times the team in white passes the basketball. Roll it. Let's see, okay? An awareness test. How many passes does the team in white make? The answer is 13. Who got 13? All right. But did you see the moonwalking bear? miss something if you're not looking for it. I actually think this on the ground really illustrates well what Paul is trying to see. Say, for those of us in Christ, it's like God has put through Jesus and through the Holy Spirit, put like a lens on our eyes in the way in which we see the kingdom and in, in the way in which we see the world. There's something different about the Jesus community because the Holy Spirit lives within us. Uh, I, some of you guys noticed uh, the last little while, I re-entered the world of glasses because about 10 years ago, I wore glasses and realized for 10 years, I should have been driving with them. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. All right, let's keep that between you and me. And man, when these, things, when these suckers came in the mail and I put them on for the first time, it was like, honestly, a whole new reality. God, Paul is saying, wants to give you and me the gift of wisdom. God wants to empower our lives with wisdom. He wants to pour wisdom out on us. He wants to move us from just emotional, an emotional kind of way of following Jesus into solid depth and understanding in the ways of Jesus and his kingdom. And so ultimately to Paul, wisdom is revealed in Jesus. And the New Testament says this over and over. If you want to know what it's like to be wise and to have these lenses on, it's revealed in the king. And when God's wisdom works within us, we begin to see a whole new reality. Paul actually talks here about three things that we will know because of God's gift of wisdom. One, it's this. Throw it up, Pat, if you can. First of all, Paul says that we'll know exactly what the hope is that goes with God's call. Noah, come here, buddy. Hold this for me. Can you come up? You all right? Participation, I know. Can you, can you come over and hold this? Paul's very clear that you will, you will know exactly what the hope is that goes with God's call. Now, the question for us that follow Jesus is, what is this hope? What is this hope that God wants to reveal to us and give us wisdom in? It's this thing called the gospel, 
And the gospel, to Paul, very clearly was the story of Jesus. His life, his teachings, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Paul believes that one thing that God gives us, he helps us know the hope that goes with God's call, the story of Jesus. Remember last week we talked that Paul, and Paul very clearly opens up this letter talking about how we're in Christ. 14 times in 12 verses or something, he talks about the community of Jesus is now in Christ. He goes on and talks about how we're adopted as sons and daughters of King Jesus. And then he uses this word redeemed. This word redeemed was a very charged word politically in the first century because it meant really that the bringing out under slavery What you could do is, if you were in the first century, you could go to the Agora and actually pay for somebody's freedom. And now Paul uses this word again to talk about what God has done for us. God wants to give us wisdom, people. And the way he's going to do it is that we'll know exactly the hope that is God's call. If you understand the gospel and it works within you, then you know, first of all, you're in Christ, but you also know the wisdom that's being poured out on your life. Then the second thing is this. Paul says, you will know the wealth of, of the glory of his inheritance. You want to help me? Come stand. Um, The wealth of his glory is definitely temple language here that Paul is using. And so one of the things Paul is continually hammering away at is that we step now into this inheritance of God's glory. Now, one of the questions we have to ask as Christians is what are we inheriting? Right? we got to think through, like, what is our inheritance? I don't mean to get all controversial or political, but I don't believe that that's a little strip of land in the Middle East. Actually, when you read from Genesis to Revelation, what Jesus followers will inherit is what? The whole freaking earth, Right? So the story that we're actually caught up in, our inheritance, Paul wants to say, he says this, you will know the wealth of the glory of his inheritance in his holy people. Our inheritance as people who follow Jesus in this story is the entire earth. One day, this place will not only be dripping with God's presence in every corner, it will be dripping with God's people. And so one of the things Paul wants, if you want to grow in wisdom, one of the things we're drawn into is the reality that the telos of this story is God's presence will fill the entire earth, that heaven and earth are coming back together. And the temple language here is really important because actually when the writers write about heaven and earth being together in Eden, right, the picture we get early on, it's temple language. Then you get to the Old Testament and the Israelites erect this temple where there's the holy of holy and God's presence in this holy place. And then that's destroyed and they're trying to figure it out. And then there's a second temple built and that's eventually destroyed as well. And what does Jesus now say about you and me? We are what? The temple of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting that the temple will fill the temple in the end. The temple of God, God's people. This is why it's beautiful. We can rent a building like this And it's not about brick and mortar. We, as the people of God, are the temple of God. And someday we will fill heaven and earth when it's brought together. Isn't that amazing? This is what Paul means about the inheritance. When you cling on to this beautiful story of God's redemption in the world, then wisdom starts to reign. And then the third thing he talks about is this. He says this. You will know the outstanding greatness of his, what does it say? His power towards us that are loyal to him. You want to help? Do you want to do like rock, paper, scissors? <laughs> oh, I'd left one. I'm sorry. 
Do you want to, you can both hold it. You want to come hold it together? No? Okay, you're right. Okay. <laughs> Paul says that you will know the greatness of his power towards us. If you keep reading, actually what you begin to see is that this power that is, Paul is talking about is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, which is also the same power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives within you and me. And this power is above, and this is what Ephesians is going to talk about over and over. This power is above all authorities and powers and principalities. One of the things Paul wants us to be reminded about is that we actually participate in this power. You and I have been given the same power within us that rose Jesus from the dead. This is what it means to receive the gift of wisdom, to understand the hope of this story, to understand our inheritance not only in this age, but the age to come. And not only our inheritance, but power, the power of God through our lives and through our story. Are you with me, brothers and sisters? We can be wise. There's so much in our culture right now. And listen, I love intellect and long lectures and podcasts and academia. I love that world. But you know that you can have wisdom? It's so funny that we think oftentimes, we think of a sage at the end of its life being wise. And there's some truth in that. There's some hard knocks in life, and there's time that often builds wisdom. But it's interesting that Paul, I think, believes this is available. This kind of wisdom is available to any of us in this room. When you begin to know and when you begin to embody and understand the gospel, then God's gift of wisdom is poured out on us. 